Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Driving in the Biden economy. Okay, so yesterday we went over the grim details that have not been reported, and I've looked. $7 trillion with a T in personal wealth in America has been lost in the first three quarters of this year. $7 trillion. That's not swamp money. That's not GNP. It's not any of that. That's you and me, okay? Bank accounts shrinking home value shrinking, um, inflation uh, taking away any kind of investment opportunities we might have with discretionary income, all of that. Seven trillion, all right? Now, that is the worst decline since the Great Depression of 1929. That's serious business, and it should be front page and the lead story on every television program, but it isn't because it reflects terribly on the Biden administration. And that's the simple fact. Stock market down about 25 percent. In fact, at one point today, um, 800 point swings. I mean, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Um, and I'm going to tell you a moment in a moment, you know, how to handle this. So, I mean, my advice, you don't have to take it, of course. And real wages, that means even though you're getting raises, most of you, 
uh, spending power is down. So real wages right now, according to Fortune magazine, which studies this stuff, uh, down 3%. The other sets I gave you for, from the Federal Reserve. The U.S. government is telling you that $7 trillion has been carved off personal uh, wealth in this country. And money is power. So as you get older, uh, you need assets to protect yourself from disease, from uh, any kind of maladies that may befall you. Uh, you need uh, money to live. Uh, you need uh, all kinds of things to protect yourself. If you don't have it, you're powerless. And I get letters every day from people who are in that circumstance. Now, next year, U.S. home prices are projected to fall 4%. That will be uh, the worst decline since 2012. So you got a lot of equity in your home and you had it up to here. It's coming down. And it's easy when you raise interest rates, as the Biden administration has to do to strangle inflation, then fewer people are going to buy homes at the high interest rate. So, I mean, it's, you know, and um, home sales can be harder to sell your home if you have to. You're going to be down 16 percent. That's a prediction. And the, the consumer price index is up so far this year, about 7 percent. It's more than that. But gas prices are coming down. Okay, and that's moderating the inflation a little bit. Why are they coming down? Well, very quietly, again, unreported, um, the Biden administration lifted many of the fossil fuel restrictions it put in when uh, Mr. Biden was inaugurated. So they just took them off very silently. It's easier to harvest and uh, refine oil now than it was. So that's huge. Okay, and then the oil reserves have been released into the public and the U.S. government gets that money, all right, at the price of barrel oil, all that has lowered it. Um, so it's down right now to about three and a quarter a gallon. Okay, this is uh, a year ago, it was 333. This is good news. Perhaps the only good news um, the Biden administration has on the economic front. Now, why then did the midterms go uh, the Democrats' way? Because we are a nation of two tribes. And this is very, very important for you to understand. And I'm not being arrogant or supercilious or professorial here, but very, very few Americans understand this. We are divided into two tribes. We're all Americans, citizens, except for the 12 million illegal immigrants here who are in tribe number two. And I'll get to that in a moment. So tribe number one is invested in the system. That means that you have a house, you have a job, you have a structure, you believe in capitalism, you believe in the Constitution, you believe in traditional tenets that have made America strong. So you are invested in the system that we have had since 1789. Okay, and you have a stake in it, a financial stake in it. So your house is your stake. If you buy stocks and bonds, if you have 401ks, if you have college funds for the kids, you're invested in the system. Okay, tribe number one. I submit that most of you watching and listening to me today are in that tribe. 
you are invested in this country and you are disturbed on what is happening here. Tribe number two, totally different. They don't own property, generally speaking. They live in rentals, okay? They are low-wage earners. They don't have a lot of assets. They don't invest in the stock market. They don't have a lot of discretionary income. They don't have a lot of education, okay? They just get by. Now, tribe number two, I'm not disparaging that tribe. They love their country, I'm, I'm assuming. Many of them, perhaps most, love their country, but a substantial majority, minority, don't, okay? And they don't have any loyalty to tribe number one or traditional America. They want change that benefits them because for whatever reason, and some of it's beyond their control, if you are a child raised in a derelict home where your parents are horrible, then you're going to be up at a disadvantage. And you may turn out to be as horrible as your parents because that's what you know, that's what you see, that's what you experience. So tribe number two, they depend on the government, okay, for everything almost. They don't pay taxes. They're below the uh, poverty line and the line for income tax. They have to pay taxes on stuff they buy and things like that, but they don't pay income tax. There's no investment in the country. It's, okay, I got to survive. And the government's going to give me stuff, so I'm buying into this progressive vision. I'm buying into socialism. I'm buying into that because I can or won't compete in capitalistic society. I don't have enough education. I don't like it. It's too hard whatever it may be, there, this tribe is growing much faster than tribe number one. The collapse of the public school education system has taken away incentive to climb the ladder. That's what I had. I didn't have any money when I was a kid, but I had an education, and I put it to good use. Now, in the inner cities, in particular, education collapsed. These kids are sitting there, they don't learn anything, particularly not learning discipline, which you need to compete in a capitalistic society. So this crew, number two, the tribe, don't have any loyalty at all. And when they go to the polling place to vote, and they do vote because the Democrats rustle them up and register them, okay? They vote for whoever's going to give them the stuff. And the Democratic Party and the progressive movement are going to give them the stuff. And the more progressive we get, the more socialistic we get, the more stuff they get by income redistribution. See? That's the profound change. It used to be most Americans wanted to climb the ladder of self-reliance and success. That is no longer the case. And that is why the progressives want the open border. Because the people coming in here, most of them are desperately poor. And they're going to need the government to help them. And they're going to vote for the parties that give them the most stuff, the most help. And so you flood the zone with people who have no tradition. They don't understand 
how America was formed and, and how it rose to become the greatest country in the world. Most of them don't understand that. No tie at all. That's what the open border is all about. Flood them in. More of them. So that tribe number two grows. Okay. So that's the lesson. And, and that should answer almost every question about the midterm and going forward. Now, the only thing that reverses that is a catastrophe, which we may see next year. I mean, this economy, this is like this. When you got a stock market going up and down 800 points in a day, there's a problem. Okay, a fundamental problem. I haven't bought a stock. I can't even remember the last time I bought a stock. I'm holding, and that is the last part of the memo, what do you do in the Biden economy? Nothing. It's painful. But I'm banking on the greatness of America that it will come back. I don't know when, but if I sell now, I lose forever. And you're never going to time the upswing. You'll never get it because there'll be a false upswing and that it'll go down again. You can't do it. You just can't. So if you have stocks, bonds, investments, 401s, hold it. Tough it out. Best advice I could ever give you. Let's go into crime. Um, People don't know this is just why I'm doing this segment. So one of the reasons that we're paying more for products in America is because of crime. All right, some stats for you. So retailers on average last year saw a 27% increase in shoplifting and things like that, 27%. Eight in 10 retailers surveyed reported that violence and aggression associated with incidents increased in the past year as well. So not only is it shoplifting, but it's scaring off employees from working in the, in the retail stores. 37% of retailers shrink profits because of that theft. So what happens? They got to pass the cost along to you. All right. And yes, inflation is the main driver, but crime is second. Now, a quick story. We, we have a little bit of a stake in this. So there's a pizza place that I've gone to for 20 years on Long Island. Not in my hometown because they all watch and they all know me. Not in my hometown. But, it, but I go when I'm, I'm out. So I ordered a small pie with sausage. Okay. About 23, 24 bucks. 30 now. And I looked at the guy in the eye. I said, you won't see me anymore. I'm not paying 30 bucks for that. I can get it. It might not be quite as good, but it'll be good someplace else. So when you see craziness, you, you, the consumer, have some power. But anyway, back to the thefts. So Target, the big chain, okay, their financial officer says that shoplifting has jumped 50% so far this year over last year, resulting in more than $400 million in losses. And this is all happening because of liberal district attorneys who will not prosecute. Shoplifters, shoplifters know it. They know it. They get a ticket. They won't show up for their hearing. They're mostly drug addicts. They don't care. Couldn't care less. So why not do it? And the younger people, say under age 16, they see this. Oh, look, so-and-so's got a new coat. Where'd you get that? Ah, I boosted it. I ripped it off. 
and then they go do it. And there's no penalty. Joining us now from Miami, Florida, Joel Griffith. He is a research fellow in economic policy at the Heritage Foundation. So my setup accurate to you? Your setup is sadly very accurate. And just a story for you, this happened uh, not too long ago, a few years ago when I was in Washington, D.C., where I spent a lot of time. And I witnessed somebody coming out of a 7-Eleven, and I noticed that the clerk was very frazzled, and she informed me that this gentleman had actually robbed the store. I did something I shouldn't have done. I actually followed him for a bit, called 911, stayed with him about 20, 30 feet behind for 15 minutes, and guess what? The police officers in Washington, D.C. never showed up. This has been going on for several years now. And I'll tell you what, it's adding up for consumers. You mentioned that the shoplifting has gone up substantially. Well, I crunched the numbers the other day. And if you divide the total amount of retail theft by family in this country, the typical family is having to foot about a $1,100 annual bill for the stores that they frequent getting robbed. This has got to stop. Okay, $1,100 per American family. They pay more because of costs passed on by the theft, which the liberal elite say is a victimless crime. So all victimless crimes, uh, including drug dealing now, that's a victimless crime, uh, they are not to be prosecuted. That's essentially what's happening, correct? Oh, this is correct. If you look at San Francisco, New York City, both of those cities over the last few years have decided that if you steal less than $1,000 from a retail center, it's not even considered a felony. And what that means is that even if an arrest is made, which is highly unlikely, even if an arrest is made, those thieves are right back out on the streets, able to commit that crime again because they know there will be no felony record whatsoever. And of course, a lot of those criminals that are ripping off stores for a few hundred dollars, they're actually committing other more dangerous crimes as well. And that's part of the reason why you see crimes across the board, not just robbery, but armed theft and homicide increasing across the board in Democrat-run cities across the country. Well, there's no doubt about that because in San Francisco and other liberal centers, the stores are moving out. They're going, look, we're not going to put up with this. We know you're not going to stop it. Now, what is interesting is that many of these stores hire security guards to protect against theft inside the store. Yet the security guards tell me they can't even detain a, a shoplifter now. They can't even stop the shoplifter from, you know, leaving the store with the goods. And if they do anything physical, they get in trouble. Is that correct? That is correct. A lot of these security guards, even though they would love to do their job, they're actually just there as a possible deterrent. But criminals are catching on and realizing that even if they're caught red-handed, there is very little that that security guard is willing or even able to do because in many instances, those guards will be fired by the stores, not because yeah. the store, they're the bad guy, but because they know that now they're incurring civil liability. They can be sued by the actual thieves in some of these left-wing towns. And the, the bitter irony here is a lot of the prosecutors where, you know, in days gone by when I was in law school, if you wanted to be a prosecutor, you wanted to actually lock up the criminals. Now you have prosecutors that are running for office, funded often by folks like George Soros, that actually have as their agenda to actually release criminals from the prisons into the streets. And those are the prosecutors. Yeah, that's D. Car, uh, D. Car. I can't. Even Decarceration. Say Thank you. Decarceration. Why couldn't I say that? Um, and people vote for that. That's what I mean. 
I don't understand. I'm a logical guy. I think you're a logical guy. You're a PhD. I mean, you, you study this and base your analysis on data or you wouldn't be here. Um, they vote against their own self-interests. So if you're living in a ghetto, if you're a horrible neighborhood and the local bodega or deli is getting knocked over every uh, two days, uh, your prices are going up on everything and you blow for the same people who are allowing that to happen. I don't know. I, uh, have you ever looked into that? Yeah, you, you got a point there, Billy. You know, I work on, used to live by Capitol Hill in D.C., and it's still a, a bit of a dangerous neighborhood. And what's sad is that the majority of the, those communities, there is lower income, but they're law-abiding, they're peaceful people. But when you go to the local Walmart, which I've been to by Union Station, even when you walk in, you feel as if you, as a law-abiding citizen, are suspect because they have everything now behind plexiglass. I'm talking about deodorant, T-shirts, boxers, socks. It makes it very difficult on the vast majority of these low-income folks that are law-abiding because Mayor Bowser and other left-wing mayors in these cities, because they won't enforce the law, it's the lower-income neighborhoods that are most impacted. Because I'll tell you what, where my family lives now, in suburban Jacksonville, Florida, and Columbus, Ohio, they don't have to deal with this because the cops are still able to do their job. That's, that's if you happen right. to be in a blue area, it's a different story. It goes county by county. Um, but the, the statistics are massive in the amount of shoplifting and uh, crimes of property in the big centers that overwhelm the rural suburban areas. But it's coming here to a theater near you. I mean, I live on Long Island, which is a suburban place, and every retailer, I mean, you're absolutely right there, but, but a lot of these guys here, they uh, do vigilante stuff. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but if you, they catch you in their shop and you're doing that, it's not going to be good. Um, anyway, uh, Joel, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the holiday season. Thank you for helping us out tonight. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Senator Charles Schumer is the most dangerous man in America. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. Charles is indeed in charge. The Senate Majority Leader has no rival. The Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is old and not very effective. Um, and President Biden will never go up against Schumer. So Schumer rules, as they say. Schumer rules. And I want to give you a little bit of insight because I've known this guy for a long time. And he has changed completely because he's a man like Nancy Pelosi who loves power. Power is everything. So uh, Senator Schumer is 72 years old, 24 years in the Senate, four terms from New York, of course. At one time, he was a moderate Democrat. It was a guy that, you know, the Republicans could reason with. That, that's long gone. Now he is a staunch progressive. And I'm going to give you a few examples of the Chuck now and the Chuck then. Roll the tape. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. 
illegal immigration is wrong, and a primary goal of comprehensive immigration reform must be to dramatically curtail future illegal immigration. It's like Biden. It's exactly the same. Okay? And I'll explain why that happened in a minute. But some other examples of him flipping and flopping. So, uh, in a Senate floor speech 2017, Chuck Schumer said, quote, Mr. President, the 60-vote bar in the Senate is the guardrail of our democracy. When our body politic is veering too far right or left, the answer is not to dismantle the guardrails or go over the cliff. So he's sticking up for the filibuster in 2017. Not now. Okay, now he says, how can we in good conscience allow for a situation in which the Republican Party can debate and pass voter suppression laws at the state level with only a simple majority vote? So, no, filibuster loved it then, not now. Okay, that's two. All right, here's three, Iran nuke deal. All right, 2015, Schumer voted against the deal, opposed the deal. Okay, under Trump, Schumer wanted the deal. (laughs) Same deal. Okay, I can go on and on and on and on. Now, the progressive left bought Schumer. What does that mean? They bought Pelosi and they bought Biden, too. That means that the massive amount of money flowing into the Democratic Party comes from people like George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, the social media titans, Hollywood. And I mean massive amount of money. And then they go not to the individual people, Schumer and Pelosi. Uh, it goes to political action committees. But the political action committees all right, pretty much dictate what the Democratic Party's policy is going to be. And Schumer and Pelosi and Biden, they don't fight it anymore. And they didn't really fight it. But there wasn't this organized financial cabal even eight years ago than there is today. So they bought them. And now they're going to do their bidding. So Chuck Schumer, socialism? Sure. I call it eco-socialism. And it gets to my column that I wrote and filed yesterday on BillOReilly.com. And I hope you all read these columns because they are germane to your lives. I'm trying to give you a protective blanket of what's to come or maybe come. So eco-socialism is using the fear of climate change to change the economy from capitalism to socialism. Again, socialism is the government runs the marketplace. It tells O'Reilly how much O'Reilly can earn. It tells you what you can do and not do in the marketplace, what kind of car you can drive, what kind of heat you have in your house, whatever it may be. That's eco-socialism. Schumer's on board with that. Schumer's not going to fight that. Okay? So with all the power, and Schumer is just savoring the power. And, you know, when you say, well... Is he a good senator? No. He presided over the decline in New York City, where he lives in Brooklyn. He got to know. He's done absolutely nothing to help with the crime, quality of life, taxes, nothing. He's a terrible senator. He's awful. But he's deeply ingrained in the Democratic machine, which runs New York State. So keep your eye on Schumer. Dangerous man. And that's a memo.
Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. So Biden, uh, President's schedule, he signs the uh, Marriage Act, Respect for Marriage Act today. You know, I don't care. You know, this is a culture item. It's never going to reverse now. Uh, in the beginning, I, I put forth a very, I thought, logical point of view that everybody would be able to be treated equally in this country, no matter what their proclivities were. Um, but the progressives won the fight. Um, the churches are resisting. Uh, they're not going to marry two men in the Catholic Church. It is not. And nobody's going to be able to force them to do that. So um, Biden, of course, completely in the pocket of progressive signs, this legislation, it doesn't matter to me at all. But this matters. So I'm going to play you a soundbite from November 9th. Joe Biden in a press conference. Go. We've done all this while lowering the federal deficit in the two years by $1.7 trillion. Let me say it again, $1.7 trillion. No administration has ever cut the deficit that much. And reducing the federal deficit is one of the best things we can do to lower inflation. Okay. So that's, again, a bogus analysis because he's taking it from COVID, where there was massive spending. Everybody got a check. Because of COVID. That's where they takes that and they say, 
we're, well, we're not doing it anymore, so the deficit drops. It's, it's so dishonest, I can't even tell you. But here are the stats, and they just rolled in. So last month, November, the same month he said that, the federal deficit widened to $249 billion, okay? A record. Never been higher. See? You see what this man does? They are spending so much money, and that, of course, keeps fueling inflation. Now, with the Republicans taking over the House, I expect that's going to stop. But Biden is just a charlatan. He just doesn't tell you the truth. And, and yeah, does he know the truth? No, he doesn't. He doesn't know anything. He just says what's put in front of him. But that still, he's responsible. All right, uh, I don't know when Biden's going on vacation, but I hope it's tomorrow. <laughs> You're not going to see him much until January 23. But I don't know exactly when he's going. The House, last day is Friday, this coming Friday. Then they're gone. The Senate, December 22nd. They work longer. I don't know why. And there won't be many senators around. Believe me, they'll be going back home. Okay, this is a story. Now, a lot of people hate Joe Biden, despise him. Personally, I don't. Okay? I just think he's the second worst president of all time, based upon his first two years in office. And here it is, right here. So now we have another surge of migrants at the border, centered around El Paso, Texas. 2,400, I'm sorry, three-day average of 2,460 migrants every day crossing in now. Now, okay? Nobody can handle it. And Biden does nothing. Nothing. And the Mexican military, according to local reports out of El Paso, the Mexican military are now escorting migrants to the border. The Mexican military. Under Trump, they were stopping the migrants. Now they're escorting. Now, Biden could get impeached on this all day long if Republicans controlled the House and Senate, but they don't. But this is impeachable because Biden is sworn to uphold the laws of the United States. That's his oath of office. And he will not enforce border law, immigration law. He will not do it for reasons I mentioned at the top of the broadcast. Trump, new poll, USA Today, 1,000 registered voters, Democrat 34, Republican 32, Independent 28. That's a fair sample. Do you want Donald Trump to run for president in 24, yes or no? Yes, 25, no, 69%. Do you want Joe Biden to run for re-election? Yes or no? Yes, 23, lower than Trump, no, 67. Republicans only. I want Trump to run and continue the policies he pursued in office, 31%. I want Republicans to continue the policies of Trump, but with a different nominee. 61%. Okay, that's USA Today poll. It's not a great poll, but it's my job to report it to you. So the question is, can Donald Trump make a comeback? All right, can he make a comeback? There's no doubt that his power is diminished, that he has lost 
support. No doubt about it. I know people believe what they want to believe, but that is the fact. Jack, can he make a comeback? If you look at the countries of Brazil and Italy, Berlusconi in Italy, Lula in uh, Brazil, anybody can make a comeback if they're well known. Now, Donald Trump can make a comeback, in my humble opinion. He can. But he's got to do a couple of things. The first thing he has to do is button it for about three months. Don't say anything. Don't invite anybody to dinner. Play golf. You know, do your uh, opinions. You can have opinions. You're back on Twitter. But they've got to be policy opinions. Okay? But basically, low, low, low key. As things get worse next year, and they will, Trump's profile will raise if he does not continue craziness. People will forget about uh, the dinner with Yi or whatever his name is. They'll forget about that. I don't think anything's going to come of this uh, documents in the basement. I think it's totally bogus. Yeah, the January 6th committee comes out next week. No one will pay attention to it. So Trump just has to basically tread water for three or four months. And as things get worse, then people will say, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't so bad. Then when he starts his active campaign, it's got to be all policy. If he goes back to the election, he's doomed. Doomed. Now, he can comment on Twitter. He can comment on the corruption, the FBI and Twitter. Uh, he can comment on Joe and Hunter Biden. But keep it authoritative. You know, I've told the president, suggested to the president, you know, it's not, you don't tell a president, you suggest, to study Winston Churchill's comeback in the early 1950s in Great Britain. Everybody thought he was done. Okay, and he was flamboyant like Trump. But he did it. Anyway, my opinion, Trump can make a comeback. Another poll. Are we living in the end of times? Pew Research. 10,000 U.S. adults. Wow. Okay, here it is. Do you believe we are living in the end of times? That means the world's going to end. Yes, 39, no, 58. Religiously affiliated Americans. Yes, 46, no, 51. Christian Americans. Yes, 47, no, 49. Protestants. Yes, 55, no, 41. Catholics. Yes, 27, no, 70. There's a big split between Catholic and Protestants on this. I don't know whether we're living in the end of times. I'd like to get a little heads up, so I might go to the Caribbean for one last dive trip, but I don't know. So I can't, can't add to this. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. 
the media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's bring in a guy who knows all about economics. His name is John Hartley. He is a research fellow with the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, coming off from Palo Alto, belly of the beast, California. So um, what I want to know, Mr. Hartley, is I don't know if you have a family, or, but let's, let's pretend that you are a working class guy, three kids, Palo Alto, one of the most expensive places in the universe, and you're looking at a diminishing asset situation. What do you do? It's a great question. Um, you know, one, I think you're totally right, Bill. You know, the economy is sort of a house that's on fire right now, and a lot of people aren't willing to admit this, surprisingly, while people are suffering. We're seeing some of the highest inflation that we've seen since the 1980s some of the highest interest rates. And, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, wages aren't growing fast enough um, uh, to, to keep up with inflation. That's like at seven or 8% right now. Uh, I think one, you know, if you, if you do have a job, you know, one actually bargaining, you know, to get that wage raise, uh, making sure that um, your wages are uh, moving up at least in line with inflation. You know, it's, it's a terrible, terrible tax in many respects. Um, on the sort of saving side of things, there's a few things that people can do um, that are and, and some things that sort of exist for you know mom and pop um, type you know uh, investors um, to deal with inflation. One of those things is I bonds. I bonds essentially um, move uh, give you returns that move in line with inflation, and, and these are something that um, the U.S. Treasury. But so you, you can actually buy them at the U.S. Treasury's website, treasury.gov, and there's a cap. You can only buy, there's such a good deal that you can only buy up to $10,000 of them in, in a given year. Um, you know, there's some people that are, are suggesting that you know, maybe we're already at the bottom of, uh, of this current stock market decline. Um, and, and some people are saying that you know, bonds are looking more attractive too, given that bonds have sold off a lot. So you know, if, if families have sort of suffered declines recently, I think one, I think adage too, is at the very least holding on and, and maybe not you know, selling out of those, you know, to the extent that you can, obviously, you know, if, if people need the money and liquidity, you know, that's another story. But um, in terms of sort of thinking about, you know, capital market expectations going forward, um, where we are right now, it's, it's very possible that we're sort of close to the bottom. And so hanging on, or if you have dry powder on the sidelines, putting money in, um, now may be the good time to do that, um, given. Okay, uh, let me just- let me stop you there. We we have recommended here the I bonds that you talked about. Um, a lot of people don't have ten grand to invest, but if you do, um, that at least will keep you even uh, with the inflation if you when you get that interest flowing back to you. The second thing is that a lot of Americans are helpless. 
they don't have any say in the marketplace because they can't go in and demand a raise from the boss. The boss say, no, uh, we're not making as much money or times are tight and we're not going to give you the raise. So they have to take what they can get. But I always say to people, look, the more money you can save, I'm not buying any stocks at the moment. I'm, I'm not going to speculate because I don't see a good 23 coming for the federal government. I think it's going to be tremendous turbulence with the Biden administration, with these investigations of the FBI, of Joe Biden himself and his son Hunter. This is going to be turbulence after turbulence after turbulence. And it's obvious to me as an American citizen that Joe Biden can't govern. He just can't. All right. So I'm not buying anything. I'm basically saving, 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 mount, 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 mount. And then I'm I'm conducting a one man jihad against price gouging. And I'll have a little bit more after we talk with you about that. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter to me. But if you're going to gouge and believe me, that's happening everywhere. People are gouging now. Oh, everything's up. So I'm going to slap this on them when they don't have to. Or am I wrong? Well, no, I mean, you know, price, you know, high price um, increases, you know, and, and, and price gouging, you know, it's always, you know, what people call price gouging has always been a, 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 a controversial um, kind of practice. And I, you know, I think too, you know, even uh, a lot of producers see their costs go up a lot too. It's, it's hard to know exactly, you know, to what degree, um, People, are, you know, corporations or businesses. No, I, but I'm not talking about. It. I'm talking about pizza places, delis. You know, you know what they're doing. Uh, but 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 let me ask you one more thing. People are working. If you want to work in America, you can work and you can make a decent buck. And I think that is what is holding back the anger. So we didn't see the anger in the midterm elections. The Republicans didn't do as well as they thought they were going to do. We don't see a lot of growing anger against Joe Biden because people are working. Is that a false sense of security they have because they have a job? Oh, no, I, I mean, it, it could be the case that, you know, in six months time, many of those people don't have a job. You know, the, the Fed's been raising rates so quickly uh, for so long uh, or, or for over a year now. Um, it's, it's been one of the fastest rate uh, tightening cycles in a while, um, and, and it could, you know, we know that you know, monetary policy in terms of how it impacts the labor market typically comes at a bit of a lag, and, you know, we're already starting to see some layoffs, especially in the technology sector around here in, in Palo Alto uh, or in, the, in Silicon Valley, and it's, you know, it's totally possible that um, this could spill over to other sectors, um, you know, including you know, manufacturing and, and, and retail. Yeah, and so, so, so nobody should be counting on their job. They should be trying to protect themselves um, because we just don't know what's going to happen in 23. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. Okay, John. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much. Enjoy the season. Okay, here's the final thought of the day, and it's an important one. You know, we all have challenges in life, and all our lives are going to end. And some of them are going to end in a gruesome way. And we have no control over that unless we're doing destructive things to ourselves. But when bad things happen in relationships, in the job market, in your health situation, there's only one thing you can do. Only one. Fight. Fight. 
whatever it is, you just say, I'm not going to whine about it. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to fight as hard as I can to correct this issue. Sometimes you're not going to be successful. But that is the most noble thing human beings can do. When bad things happen to you, you don't give in. You fight as hard as you can. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you tomorrow. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you.